And I believe we're live. Amy, did you get a text? I did, yeah. Okay, I wanted to make uh, sure. Live from Harrison County, West Virginia, we welcome all of you to our weekly Healthy Harrison podcast, a show designed to help you change your state. And by that, we do not mean just eating better and exercising more. We want to change your total well-being, spiritual, mental, physical. And uh, yes, change your state has a double meaning. We want to help you personally. We also want to uh, help the entire state of West Virginia. At some point, we want to develop a template we can take all over the state of West Virginia, 55 counties, and enable everyone to live healthier and live happier each day. I'm Gary Bowden, a member of the Healthy Harrison Board of Directors. I'm joined by co-host Amy Haberbosch wilson who is the Vice President of the Healthy Harrison Board of Directors. Welcome, Amy. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Uh, every week at this time, we chat with individuals who are focused on the mission of Healthy Harrison, fostering measurable improvement to the health and well-being of the citizens in Northwest, North Central West Virginia. And today we're going to talk about a program that does, or at least the folks that are with us today, hope it's going to cross the entire state of West Virginia and get input from the entire state. We're streaming this program live on the Healthy Harrison Facebook page as well as on the state distribution network of our media partner, wvnews.com. Uh, today, we're going to discuss a new program that seeks to examine health issues, not only in Harrison County, but across all of the state, as I just mentioned. Our four guests are leading a statewide population-based health survey, the Mountain State Assessment of Trends in Community Health, or MATCH, which is how we'll be referring to it throughout this discussion. The information from the survey can help health officials and policymakers direct resources to the areas in West Virginia that need them most. And here's the team of folks that we'll be talking to. Dr. Ruchi Bandari, who is the MATCH co-principal investigator and works with the West Virginia University School of Public Health. Ruchi, thank you for joining us today. Dan Christie is a MATCH program director working with WVU's Office of Health Affairs. Welcome, Dan. Emily Robinson is a MATCH program manager with WVU's Office of Health Affairs. Welcome, Emily. And Ben Balding is MATCH research specialist with the WVU Office of Health Affairs. Welcome, Ben. Dan, or, or yeah, Dan, I'm gonna start with you. Um, and that is do a little more in-depth explanation of what the match survey is and, and, and frankly, why is it needed? Yeah, uh, match is a large scale survey that's designed to understand the health and health and well-being needs and challenges of the state of individual and West Virginians as a whole. Um, and ultimately to then work to identify resources to improve the health of people in their communities. Um, the goal of the survey is basically to gather better data to allow both individual communities, agencies like local health departments and hospitals, as well as the state agency, DHHR, to better respond to ongoing needs in communities. So the survey is measuring um, all sorts of aggregate information on health status, um, conditions of Un, you know, un, unhealth at times, and then um, basically um, 
other needs, we even get a little bit into questions about food access and things along those lines. Um, it focuses on part on maximizing data collection. Um, many surveys such as the behavior risk survey only, only gather four or 5,000 surveys a year. This one we're shooting for close to 20,000. And so the key will be be able to get data down to the county level for most counties in the state. We began in September and we're just starting the second wave of over 40,000 people and it will go through January. Ruchi, the, the poor state of health in West Virginia is no secret, particularly in our more rural counties. What do you hope to accomplish then with the match survey that hasn't been studied already? So as Dan stated, the goal of the match, we will be able to provide accurate estimates of the health needs of each county in our state. And this is phenomenal. This is something that uh, has not, we have not been able to do um, realistically and we hope to achieve that. The information gathered from the survey will be helpful for developing local and state grant funding proposals. And then these grant proposals can bring funding to your community and to our entire state for developing programs that meet the health needs, for evaluating existing new programs, and then also for applying for future grants for very important projects. If I can jump in here, Gary. Um, yeah. Dr. Bengari, the West Virginia has a numerous really health-related challenges. Um, how will MATCH determine like where the focus is gonna go? Absolutely, so many challenges and it's hard to narrow it down. So the MATCH survey looks at, also looks at a variety of health challenges that West Virginians face. The primary focus is on health behavior, health outcomes, healthcare access, utilization and coverage. And all of these issues affect, as we know, a large percentage of West Virginia residents. So with the information that we gather from the survey, we will be able to quantify these health issues, these health needs for the entire state, as well as for subpopulations within the state. And after we collect the survey data, the match team will make the results available to the public. So the public will have access to these results. Yeah, and just to add on, if I can, um, sure. so the, the survey is going to help us highlight so, some areas that may need improvement in our counties, but it's also supposed to highlight some strengths too. So we're hoping that through the match survey, we can have our local communities leverage the strengths that maybe the survey has unveiled to help address those areas that may need some more, some more help as well. Because we know there's good things happening throughout the state and, and all local communities. So we don't want it to be all doom and gloom. Uh, we also want the match to be a way to celebrate what's happening in those counties. Absolutely, Emily. Ben, I'm gonna bring you in. Um, well, the information, uh, you're talking about the community you're sharing them with. We share it with businesses, nonprofits, and other local organizations. And then what can you expect that they're gonna do with this information? Yeah, Amy, thank you. Um, I think businesses are gonna look at this information as business intelligence. It's gonna help them to uh, gauge the health and well-being of their workforce, as well as their uh, consumer market. I mean, you know, as a business owner, obviously you have to understand uh, the challenges that, you know, your population's facing. 
uh, from an employment standpoint. We know that uh, the labor force participation rate in this state has you know, seen some challenges over the decades. And we would hope that this information would be able to provide businesses with the business intelligence to be able to kind of understand that maybe we, maybe we need to uh, offer some workplace uh, policies or resources that kind of help mitigate those problems and address those issues in a meaningful way. We're talking today about the MATCH survey. Our podcast is brought to you by WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. Let's talk logistics, Emily. Is there a plan to, well, we know now in what we've discussed to this point, there's a plan to connect with local communities, but how do we increase the study's visibility, legitimacy, and participation level? Yeah, thanks, Gary. I'm happy to happy to field that one. Um, so Match is brand new. It's first time in the field. We designed it from scratch. Uh, so we knew we were going to have an uphill climb when it came to um, visibility and legitimacy. And so understanding that, we realized it was going to take the whole state to help us to get the message out. So our team has been um, pretty active in doing your regular social media pushes, your traditional media pushes with, with newspapers um, and, other, and other outlets. But we also have done a lot of boots on the ground outreach. So reaching out to those uh, organizations and communities that the folks there look at them as their own trusted voices. So folks like Extension, uh, WVU Extension, and local health departments have been very important to us um, to get that message out. Um, and so it's really been a whole state effort uh, to make sure we have enough responses on this survey to make sure that we can deliver really good data to the people that need it most. In, in today's world, uh, there's a lot of way to specifically target using qualitative uh, data um, how are you directing your messages or to whom? And a side note to that, uh, it, it's challenging today to get responses uh, from people who tend to ignore phone calls and emails. How do you get around all of that? <laughs> Lots of effort, lots and yeah, lots of okay. effort. Um, so, um, so what's really interesting is that we're, we're just not shooting out emails um, to organizations around the county. We're really doing that relationship building and really helping, the, um, helping to inform folks that the data that's collected from the survey could bring about real change, real positive change. And everybody that we've talked to has been really receptive um, to that. And then also lending their voice with ours. Um, so we know that when we're talking about trusted voices, nobody is more trusted uh, than your family and then your friends. And so we're hoping to recruit those folks to then talk to people that were actually selected for the survey as well. Um, so it really is, it's a, it's a matter of getting to know who those people are in each of the counties, making sure we're supporting them, giving them what they need, um, and then listening to their feedback on how we can improve what we're doing on our level. Can, can you define for me who, who, who what's the makeup? Who, who are we looking for? Who do you want to talk to? As far as uh, responding to the survey? Yes. Oh, um, so we're looking for one in 14 uh, West Virginians to respond to this survey. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit different. So um, you have to be selected to respond. Um, so if you are, you get sent an invitation in the mail um, with, an, with a, um, an invitation to go to the web to complete the survey, or you can call in 
Um, and then if, if the web's not really your thing and you don't want to respond through the internet and you don't really want to talk to somebody over the phone, we'll send you a paper packet so you can complete that on your own as well. Um, so, but as far as recruiting a collaborative uh, network of people that are talking about the match and maybe a, a match ambassador, there is no restrictions on that. Um, if you want to be a match ambassador, we want to talk to you. So let us okay. know. Let okay. us know what we can do. I like that match ambassador. Um, yeah. <laughs> but my, my day job is economic development and really promoting North Central West Virginia for economic development. I work closely with state and uh, chamber of commerces and city officials. So is this something you collaborate with and how can they help? Yeah, Amy, I'll fill that question. Um, we've worked closely uh, with the state chamber. Um, specifically, I've uh, talked with Kathy, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> Kathy Thomas, the vice president and the COO of the state chamber. Kathy has graciously disseminated a lot of our uh, marketing uh, media materials to the uh, county uh, chambers of commerce and their business affiliates. Um, we know that you know the match survey. Uh, that, you know this is very important to the business community. The information that we're you know sharing with them, uh, because you know th this health information is you know obviously impacting the uh, their workforce and the labor market. Um, so we know it's on their radar, and we we plan to continue to collaborate with them in the future and to share all new developments that come from the match as well. What about public officials, elected officials? How can they help? Yeah, yeah, we actually have been, you know, I've had several conversations, good conversations with public officials. Um, I've spoke with uh, Senator Stallings, who's on the Senate Health and Human uh, Resources Committee. Um, as you know, Senator Stallings is from the southern part of the state, and the southern part of the state has had some health challenges over the years. And so he's very invested in, uh, you know, basically this process and the information that we're providing. And we hope that this information can be used as a catalyst for uh, legislation and policies that will help direct funds and resources to the communities that need it the most. So, so far we've had really good uh, you know, feedback. Uh, in fact, I spoke with uh, Delegate uh, Clay Riley uh, yesterday uh, from Harrison, representing Harrison and parts right. of Taylor. And uh, I asked him, I said, Clay, I said, uh, are you familiar with uh, the Healthy Harrison's podcast? And he said, well, yeah, actually I am. I'm also a board member. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Delegate, uh, Delegate, you know, uh, Riley has been very supportive and I explained the match to him and what we're trying to achieve. And he's assured me that moving forward in the legislative session that we will definitely get a front seat in the committee and that he'll hear us out. And uh, we're looking forward to that conversation with uh, Delegate uh, Riley and the rest of uh, the state delegation. That's good. Thank you. That was my next question was what was the feedback? So we're, we're seeing, hearing positive. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. We have actually disseminated the message to uh, the entire House of Delegates, as well as all the Senate. We've reached out to the governor's office and we know that there's a lot of support and we just, you know, we're excited uh, that once we actually gather this data, we collect it and synthesize it and, you know, we can build out reports that uh, we're going to be able to include this into an interactive web-based tool. Uh, where it's accessible to the public. Uh, so, you know, it'll basically you know, meet the needs of everyone from, you know, your layman user, your layman who's just wanting to use it for a topical uh, analysis, uh, to, all the way to your, you know, your research scientist who wants to do a deeper dive and get into the nuance of the, the analytics and the, the data. Great. Let me, let me remind again those joining us that uh, we're talking about the match survey 
um, the principals involved in that survey and uh, they're essentially taking a deep dive into health related issues throughout the state of West Virginia and hope that uh, they can come up with data that will be helpful to communities in resolving some health related issues. I also want to remind folks quickly again that we couldn't do this podcast without the help of WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. And we had another question too closely related to economic development. So Amy, I tossed back to you. Yeah, I was going to stick with that one. So um, to you Dan, and Dan. Dan, I'll throw this to you. In my work, everything centers really around proving um, Western U's standing as it relates to economic development. So do you see the match findings helping with this challenge at all? Yes. Um, basically, when you look at overall economic development, there are three components, of course. One has to do with basically the locations of the site, the business readiness, funding, and then the human aspect of what the employee makeup might be. Um, the match does gather a lot of information both on employment and unemployment status. So it'll give, if you will, sort of a more detailed focus on educated workers by what their trades and skills are who may remain unemployed in, in that facet. Another thing, it's getting at uh, lack of resources. We ask questions about availability of fruits and vegetables, which has been a big thing in many rural parts of the state. I know Clay County had lost their only grocery store. As a response to um, shortcomings in things like that, either new businesses have sprung up providing extra services and food and delivery and that kind of thing. That's how the farmer market community and whatnot got going. Um, or other ones have expanded um, their activities in that. Um, also, basically, um, we're going to be gathering um, all the information about relative health status. Um, so if it's important uh, in that aspect, um, there'll be lots of information about um, basically um, how people are doing um, in terms of both physically and mentally, and I guess you'd say work readiness, if you will, or interest uh, in employment. Um, also, the uh, um, basically um, the information will be available so that um, any policymaker or any potential employer could look at whatever they may be interested in that we cover. There's um, about 25 different areas and over roughly 100 questions, which cover all facets of wow. information that yeah. people are, yeah. Amy, I'll just follow up on what Dan said. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as the economic development piece is concerned, um, I worked for the West Virginia, West Virginia Development Office with uh, Mr. Uh, Clay Riley for uh, a couple of years during uh, his time there uh, in the Excel program. And, you know, the, the three things that they always discussed was site readiness, uh, like infrastructure development, uh, state investment, and then the third component, of course, you know, being the workforce, an educated workforce. And many times, you know, we would talk to consultants and they would say, hey, you know, you can have the site readiness piece, you can have the state buying an investment, but we have to have that educated, uh, you know, available workforce. If you don't have that component, then it's really difficult. Uh, for you know businesses to buy in to your state, uh, they'll go elsewhere many times. So we feel like the the data that we provide in this you know survey is going to really help shine a light on you know those economic development issues 
and tie it back to the workforce and start a conversation with the legislature so that we can craft meaningful policy that addresses those labor force issues. And hopefully we can get fuller employment in West Virginia and better business investment opportunities down the road. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear on, on my part, of course, because yeah, I, I agree with you. It's what we deal with. We can market it um, as much as we possibly can. And you're right, you land them. The cost to develop here, the cost to live here, but it, it will come down to a healthy, trained workforce. And that's what we're seeing right now. Absolutely. Ben, your last response kind of answered part of my next um, question, and that being providing meaningful information um, uh, and, and bringing it back to our community. So how do you answer the naysayers, you know, that, that say, ah, we've done all this before, we've studied this to death? Right, right. Well, you know, we look at the findings from the MAT survey, and we see them uh, kind of uh, kind of dovetailing with some of the Census Bureau uh, surveys that relate to health, um, that look at the you know, health of West Virginians. And so we know that this issue is not a mystery. And we know that you know, health-related issues have been around for a long time. And it has had a, uh, it has had a detrimental impact on the West Virginia workforce uh, over the years. We just see this as being another supplement to those census surveys and to other reports that have spoke to that issue of you know, the labor force component being so critical to attracting investment, to expanding existing operations within the state. And I know we're kind of getting out there, but like I said, if you don't address the labor force participation rate and the workforce component and the health of your, you know, of your population, then you really can't talk about real meaningful economic development down the road. And I think a lot of times people will be naysayers and you know kind of scoff at it because it is a it's a it's a major issue to tackle and it's not an easy issue to address. So like I said, we hope that we can start a conversation and we look forward to working with even the naysayers uh, on this issue uh, and the and the legislature as well. So Will the employers of all sizes recognize beneficial takeaways from the program? I don't know if anybody wants to answer that one. Yeah, can, can we help a, a small business, say a, a business with two or three employees? Can, can we assist them as well? I think so. Dan, did you want to you get right? Yeah, anybody. Go ahead, Ben. You can go <laughs> first. No, no, I, I don't. I think this, I don't think there's a limitation uh, in terms of who this is going to benefit. I go back to what I said earlier about this information being business intelligence and providing the employer and the business community with, you know, really critical information about not only their labor market and their workforce, but also their consumer market. You know, I mean, you know, people have to, you know, deal with health issues and those health issues can affect their ability to engage in the economic market. So, you know, we think this is really critical for all, uh, you know, employers, regardless if you are hiring a thousand people or three people, uh, this is really important for the community at large. Emily, and, oh, go ahead, uh, Richie. Uh, go Gary, ahead, uh, if I if I may also jump in uh, to add to what uh, Ben and Dan have already said. So, uh, you know, the survey that we are doing, we have realized that the a lot of information is available, and yet some of the very reliable information is still not available. 
And that is why we are doing it. So in addition to gathering information on health data that are available, a lot of that health data are actually, some of it is not reliable information. And so now what we are doing is trying to capture a really reliable source and um, get those findings for everybody out there, including the employers, consumers, everyone. So this will be a more reliable and valid data that we, we will be able to gather. Well, that's interesting. You say some of it's not reliable. You, you found that out though, so. Some of the sensitive issues in the past that surveys have dealt with, because they are self-reported, sometimes it might not be uh, that valid. And also uh, the populations that are answering those may not be representative of the county or the state. Yes, we do get information, but then if they're not representative, what do we make out of that information? True. But now what we are going to do is gather representative data. And so we can actually say that that issue is representative of the county or the state. What can our businesses, companies, industries, what can they do to help? So at this time, I think what we would want is if anyone gets, and, and uh, uh, you know, as Emily had pointed out, one in 14 will answer this survey. So one in 14 will receive this survey. So at this time, we want that th those, of, uh, those people who receive the survey should complete it. Emily, when you devise a game plan for how you're going to reach out to folks and try to get these responses, quality responses uh, that you need, and I think someone said you started in September, is that right? Do, do, is that plan flexible? Can you adjust on the fly like, well, that didn't work? <laughs> or uh, come, you know, or, or you get to a point, you know, a month and a half in and go, darn it, we should have, we should have tried this or done this. Can you, can you flex a little? Sure, sure. Okay. So um, we, we like to be fluid and flexible. That's sort of our, our mantra, you know, with the match. So we're, we're monitoring those response rates and those completes at least weekly, if not more. Um, and we're also looking at our completes in, in terms of internet coverage as well, because that will impact how we outreach to folks. Um, so every week we pull more data down and then we look how the completes have changed. We look how they're completing if they're choosing to do it via the web or uh, via paper and then seeing those internet coverage rates because say we have a county that has pretty low internet penetration we know that a social media campaign is not going to reach them right and so that might not be very effective but maybe reaching out to the local churches will um, because i know um grew up in a small place too. Those churches were really how you got information disseminated out. Um, so yeah, so we, we're always tailoring, we're always tweaking uh, just to make sure that we're doing the most with what we have and getting the most bang for our buck for sure. And, and forgive me if I missed it, but how long will the collection period go on? Yes, you definitely didn't mention it because we didn't yeah. say it. Through the end of January. Yeah, it was divided into two waves. Um, the first wave began um, the end of August, the 1st of September. And as Emily alluded, there are four different contacts with each person, unless they request to not participate. Um, obviously, some people do that. And if they do, then we get them off the list for future 
uh, mailings. And then the second wave began um, about two and a half weeks ago. So they've gotten the second reminder. Um, the uptake, um, as far as the, the line and the slope of people responding, um, is much higher in the second wave. So we're hopeful that as information's become more available, people have responded better. And, and also I might add, there was a pretty exhaustive search before we formulated the company uh, or the survey. Um, there was a national advisory group that we convened representatives from four other states and five survey research businesses, as well as a state that basically is like the national clearinghouse for state survey research. And then we basically compiled an Excel database of 3,000 possible questions, which we then worked with state and local partners to narrow down what the key topics were. And that when we first did a pilot, we realized it was too long with, and, and arranged quite a bit longer. So we finally cut it down and refined it to an area. We're doing it online is only taking about 18 minutes for the average person. So it's not an incredibly long period of time compared well, to these surveys. Well, you, you answered my next question and that was, what's, what's the preparation period? What does it entail? How long does it take before you can push the go button? Yeah, you, there's, it, it doesn't get to the level of detail that you need to go look up your driver, you know, social security or any of that kind of information. And speaking of that, obviously, privacy is a really important thing to people. Um, we do, it's based primarily on addresses, which um, our vendor, Research Triangle International, um, has, but they basically based on the postal database. But once the data is collected, none of that information comes back to the state or is in a database ever. So there's only information about people's age and sex and demography. It's definitely not linkable in any way back to any yeah. individuals. So there's absolute certainty of privacy for everyone. Amy, do you have any other questions? I, I want to uh, kind of keep us on our normal time schedule. And We're frankly, our guests have already been very gracious in, in going over a little bit. But I actually was, uh, I, I did not make a note of our start time. I knew we were late, but. Uh, um, you have anything else to no just to say in? that this is this is exciting um yeah. this is directly in line of course with my role as economic development but with healthy harrison's goals as well so we're anxious to see how this is going to play out and how we can continue to be a partner with it so we thank you all for being with us today absolutely thank you for having us yeah thank, thank you for your time appreciate it good answers good uh, a good discussion and I want to thank all of our guests for joining us today for this weekly Healthy Harrison podcast. It's our goal to change your state of mind and ultimately change the state of health here and throughout all of West Virginia. Uh, if you want more help right now, you can visit the healthyharrison.org uh, website, uh, or you can visit the Healthy Harrison Facebook page and give us a like while you're there. You'll find lots of support, and you can also stream past episodes of our podcasts on that uh, Healthy Harrison Facebook page. Again, we want to thank our sponsors, WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. On behalf of Healthy Harrison, Amy and I thank you for joining us. Thanks again to our guests. You were great. Appreciate it. Good information. Next week, Brock Malcolm and I will uh, be hosting 
a special Thanksgiving podcast with the Reverend Ken Ramsey. And then on December 3rd, Amy and I will return. We're going to chat with Bryce Rausch. He is the head of sales for Fitbit Health Solutions at Google. That should be a good one. Wow. Thank you again, everybody. Uh, hang with well, us a little bit if you can.